0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 514, recorded live on Saturday, May 27th, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who's going to a land down under, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who actually talked with somebody down there this week, Andy Lowe. Hi. Who did you talk to? Uh, our news program that handles all of our, you know, news collaboration and, you know, set up for the newscast for the radio station. Uh, uh, the company is actually based out of Australia. I don't remember which side of the coast they're on. Let me see if I can... Which side them. of the coast? You mean which side of the continent? Yes, which side of the continent? Continent, coast, something. Like, I don't remember if they're from California or New York. No, no, they're down in Australia. They are... They, are... are they on the
1: west coast or the east coast? Like... Well, but just to put it in perspective, like, Australia is a big, big country.
0: Yeah. Uh, They're on the north shore of Sydney. That's the east side. Yes. Okay. So you chatted with someone from the north shore of Sydney. Yes, this week, yes, because uh, they're trying to do some updating of the software, and they needed access to all of the servers. That's what, like
1: a 13-hour time change? Yes. 13 or 15-hour?
0: Currently... 12, 13, 14 hours right now. Oof. Yes, I have now, you know, set up a Sydney clock on all of my computers.
1: Just so you can quickly check?
0: Yes, because they called me up and I'm sitting there looking at him going like, why are you guys calling me so late? And he's like, what do you mean? We I'm just like, got up. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I I have the Sydney clock on my computer. I know exactly what time it is there. He's like, yeah, it's trying to make it easier on you guys. Aww. I know. He was That's doing it from nice home though, so I'm like, all right. He's like, as soon as I'm done, I'm going back to bed. I'm like, okay. That's very nice of them. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we were discussing actually Australia at the time. So, yeah, so it's kind of surprising. You know, I chatted with somebody down in Australia. Cool. That wasn't someone that you met through PAX. No, it was, you, yes, we have it chatted was not actually a person.
1: We have chatted with people in Australia.
0: Yes, that is true. We've had them on the podcast.
1: Yes, that is also true. Yeah. No, I'm excited, man. I'm going to go spend like a week down in Melbourne. Melbourne.
0: I feel like i i kind of don't want to do i'm trying not to do an australian accent it's just
1: i i'd like to hear you try nope nope i'm
0: keeping that one
1: bottled up inside nope come on let's let's hear that nope to melbourne nope no nope Nope. okay so pax is the 27th 28th and 29th i believe of october okay pax australia uh worth pointing out pax us which is to say pax prime which is to say pax west as they've named it now uh, tickets should be on sale this Tuesday. Okay. So, just putting that out there in case anyone's interested in going to PAX again. I am not. You, you're going to be a little busy. Yes.
0: Just a little bit.
1: Just a little busy.
0: Just a little bit, yes. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be out there, like, probably most of that. We probably head out there on the 23rd or 24th and then come back on, like, the third. 3rd of November. So just as a heads up, Andy, I don't think I'll be able to record those weekends. Yeah, no, probably not. Uh, given that right now in Melbourne, it is 3.15 in the morning.
0: Yes, because they are in the same time zone as Sydney. Sydney, yeah. So there's that. Yep. Well, you're going to um, finally get to see a bunch of the people. It's like, I keep on looking at my face and I'm like, oh, look at that. Somebody else moved down to Australia. Went to Australia, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go to PAX and be like, hi, guys, I don't really remember most of you. I haven't seen you in like six years has it been i thought it's been longer uh i went to pax in 2011 Mm. i don't remember if i went in 2012 i know i went in 2011 because i went to pax and then a week later moved to madison wisconsin and
0: started my new job gotcha it's been longer for me though hasn't it yeah yeah because you didn't go that last year nope it was very sad sorry but yeah no i'm I'm, i need to save up as much pto as possible Yes because who knows what the future Yes holds. Uh, yeah,
1: we have friends out here right now. their due date was yesterday. I'm sorry it's not shown up yet.
0: I'm sorry. She is a little
1: upset that baby has not shown up yet.
0: Yeah, I hear that I hear that's a thing where it's like you know after a while they're just like, I just' want this out. Yeah and like understandably so. it's not
1: just a like ridiculous reaction. It is a, a pretty significant inconvenience at that point. You're not sleeping well, you're uh not feeling well, it's hard to get up, it's hard to breathe, you have to pee very often.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I know these things, Dave. That's Yeah. Yeah. Just just saying I I I know these things.
1: Alright. Not from personal experience.
0: No. Well, secondhand experience. <laughs> that would be weird if I, you know, there'd be a lot of questions. Yes. <laughs> In any case, Andy Um, we can actually swing PAX into a topic. Sure. Because they're doing a thing now called Powered by PAX.
1: Powered by PAX. Yes. Uh Uh-oh. What is Powered by PAX?
0: Powered by PAX. Sorry, Kate just texted me a thing. Um, uh, basically the guys who, uh, at ReadPop and such, who kind of, you know, curate the PAX experience, mm-hmm. uh, are branching out to help other gaming conventions kind of get that PAX vibe. Huh. Okay, so let's see. What, uh, what is powered by PAX, according to the website? PAX has pioneered a kind of event that honors the players, developers, and publishers of games. Founded by gamers who wanted to see a different kind of show, we've started looking around the world for events that believe what we can do. That community comes first, and if you start that way, good things follow. Powered by PAX means that the teams that craft the PAX experience are involved in the vision and planning of shows around the world, working with local teams in each region to make a show that feels true to the gamers attending it.
1: I don't know how I feel about this. Because on the one hand, that is like, you know, that's that's what made PAX awesome and amazing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On the other hand, it feels like they're trying to market that, which is the antithesis of that experience. Like part of what made PAX PAX, and I'm I'm going to be very curious to see if it's held true with PAX OS, is that it felt almost organic. Now, was that a fake feeling? I mean, certainly in 2011, it felt less organic than back in 2000. uh, When did we go the first time? 2007, 2006, 2006 was our first PAX. Yes, when it was at the Mayberry Trade Center or whatever convention center. Yep, all hail ball, all hail hail ball. ball. Uh, you know, it, it felt like a really organic experience. And then they moved to Washington State Trade and Convention Center. It felt a little more put together, but it still kept that same vibe. And I, I don't know if you can market that well or if the act of marketing it changes
0: it. I I have a feeling, though, that, you know, the, the local, uh, a gaming convention here, because the first one that they're doing is actually in China. Right. Called uh, GC Play. Right. Um, so I have a feeling that, you know, there's still, the local guys are still going to be in charge. But it's, I feel like this takes just, you know, ReadPop can come in with their experience and go, you know, guys, you really need A, B, C, and D for, because how, yeah. how many total PAXs have there been? PAX West, PAX East, PAX South. PAX Australia. PAX Unplugged is... is, is We're having a PAX Unplugged, right? Yeah, the board game one? Yeah. Right. So, you know, I think ReadPop understands... How to run a PAX. Yes, how to run a PAX. You know, this is what you... These are your A, Bs, and Cs. Yeah. And then they can lay that foundation down, and then the local guys can actually go, okay, you know, this is what the local people are interested in. So it, it could be interesting to see. I'm What I'm really interested to see right now is how pax unplugged works because that's that's the one that's kind of separate from the other Pax's. that's the tabletop board game one yes that's the one that's focused entirely on (laughs) tabletop stuff and not video games so it could be interesting to see how that because that that's going to be the first almost branch because i can i'm sorry to say you could take pax east pax west pax south pax australia and kind of almost copy paste them to the other markets Yes. No. Yeah. And then PAX unplugged. Yeah, that one's completely separate. So we'll see how well PAX unplugged goes. And I feel like that one should give you an idea of this power. How well this powered by PAX could work. Makes sense. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Yep. But no, it's. I think it's a neat idea. They're they're taking hopefully their experience and what works because PAX definitely does work. As you said, <laughs> tickets go on sale on Tuesday. Tickets will They'll sell be sold out, out on Tuesday. On Tuesday. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, other video game news. Ooh, what else do we have? Uh, Xbox Game Pass. So this was originally announced back in February. We talked about it back then. That's why it sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, $10 is, a month. Yep. It's the Netflix for games. Next, Okay, so Netflix for Xbox. Netflix for the Xbox Flix. The the so the
1: idea is that you you can download and, and stream Xbox games, combination of, of current games and old games, so Xbox One and Xbox 360 games, uh, for $10 a month. Yes. So as long as you can play, like, a game a month, worth it. Yes. So let's see, what games do they have available?
0: Well, they um, currently have more than 100 X... Uh, okay, here's the full list. Okay, I linked the full list. Then you want to click All. A to Z. I mean we're not going to read the full list. No, but there's a lot of good ones on here. Like it's the entire three BioShock, BioShock series, yep. Borderlands, but not Borderlands 2. Um I'd like to show more games please. <laughs> the Defense button, Grid Defense Grid 2, those were both is good. Not working. But
1: down about $10 a month, uh Double Dragon Neon, it's a good game. Um
0: wow, so many gears of war games. Yep. Halo 5. Oh, braids on there. That's good. Cat, I still need to play Defense Grid 2. Monday Night Combat. That's still a thing? <laughs> there are actually people play. That was a great
1: game. It was a lot of fun. Never took off. Now it's Overwatch. Oh my
0: god, is it Overwatch? Hey, Overwatch is free this weekend, by the way. I own it. I was going to say, you know, for people who don't have it, but by the time I think that this Right. So if
1: we had talked about it last week, that it was going to be free this week, that would be one thing. Yeah, still not a lot of, like, good things in here. I mean, maybe for a couple months.
0: Yeah, there's. I'm looking at it now going like, oh, there's. they said there's over 100 games, but a lot of these games is uh, K. Okay. Yeah, a lot of these games are not games that I'd play. Yeah, a lot of these are... My God,
1: that is that is the most amazing box art I think I've ever seen. Roundabout? Yes. It's It's a, like, limo driver standing in front of an explosion. <laughs> That's it. That is the entire box art. A woman dressed as a, a limo driver standing in front of an explosion.
0: Okay, so I do have to say, I'm going through this list. It it seemed pretty good at the beginning, but then it kind of... Petered out. Yeah. But for 10 bucks a month, you could get all of it. And we'll give you a chance to actually try some of these things out here. Mega Man. Yeah, there's a whole, like, Sega vintage collection in there, too. hmm The Alex Kidd stuff. Yeah. Golden Axe, Streets of Rage, Soul Calibur. Is that, like, the new Soul Calibur? Or is that... That looks like the original. That's the original
1: Soul Calibur. Single-player, local multiplayer. Yep. That's the original Soul Calibur.
0: Completely worked with HDTV support, though, so there you go. Ooh. So it won't look as bad. <laughs>
1: Actually, it'll potentially look worse. Uh,
0: yeah. So, yeah, so the other fun bit is the fact that uh, it's a revolving thing as well, just like Netflix, so we might actually see new games on there as well. Refresh the list of games each month.
1: So if you don't play it, you
0: might not get a chance to. Yep. Oh okay okay so, so just so just so you know it is not a streaming service they you actually will download the games to your console right and play them and then once you cancel them you'll lose access to the games so it, you don't have to worry about you know streaming lag like. granted you got to worry about download bandwidth um
1: yeah and and how much if you have a, a capped download,
0: Mm -hmm. i'm
1: wondering so microsoft is catching up to sony with this right because sony's got the playstation now stuff yes which is also like here's a free game every month for being a ps now subscriber Mm -hmm. would you rather have a free game a month and it's it's you know a good game or would you rather have this
0: i would rather have this because the, you know, sometimes, you know, if you're just given the one game, it's like, okay, yep, I know I'll get my free game and I'll never touch it again. Like, I wonder how many free games I have connected to my Xbox account that I got, when you know, when I was still gold. But, you mm-hmm. know, I never did anything with. But I grabbed it because it was a free game and, you know, hey, free. But, you know, I I still haven't, you know, touched them ever.
1: Yeah, I, I think I have enough games to play that I don't need a subscription service to games, Yep, as evidenced by my Steam library. And the, like, <laughs> 400 games in it, that might be a lie. It might be significantly more than that. And the 50% of games that I haven't played.
0: Yep, now oh, I'm in that same boat. It's like, oh, look at that Steam library. That's that's nice. <laughs> I could save myself $10 a month and be like, okay, I'm only going to play things in my Steam library. Yeah, and still have new games to play every month. Yep. All right. Uh, what else we got? Uh, other gaming news. I'm trying to yes. keep on this path. So much gaming. Uh, Dota. Dota! Depends, I assume you mean Dota 2. Yes. Okay. What about Dota and Dota 2? Well, there's now a court case about it. Okay. It is actually going to be had um, a federal court uh, jury trial mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. debating whether or not valve actually owns dota the game or the word i think it's uh i think this is the name okay yeah uh valve and blizzard are now suing mobile developers with res- uh lilith and Yukul, whose respective games dota legends and heroes charge allegedly infringe on the dota copyrights
1: And so they're claiming that they are just using characters from an open source piece of work of Dota, the original Dota.
0: There was, yeah, there was a... um, 2004 forum post granting an open source license to Dota. Man, Uh, someone's lawyers worked overtime
1: to find that.
0: Yeah, September 23rd, 2004 forum post that could be seen as uh, them giving up his claim on any rights to Dota. From this point forward, Dota is now open source. He wrote, whoever wishes to release a version of Dota may, without my consent, I just ask for a nod in the credits to your map. So that was the man who originally created the Dota map, posted saying, like, you know, from this point forward, Dota is now open source, so now it's...
1: But that was intending, I mean, by saying credits in your map, he was, I think, still thinking of it as a mod of Warcraft. Yes. So that's going to be interesting. Was it open source for the intent or was it really open source?
0: Yep. So it's now down to a jury to decide what the history of Dota actually is.
1: Yep. That's going to be interesting. Yep. That's so. What's what are the like what are the implications of this? Well, if they rule that Dota was open source or that Dota is this idea of a, a collective work, what are the implications of that? Because that could probably have like pretty significant implications.
0: Um, well, if they rule in favor of the mobile developers, that means Valve didn't actually acquire a legitimate enforceable copyright. So that means anybody could do their own Dota games or Dota whatever and not have, you know, the band hammer the, of blizzard come down on them. A valve, you mean? Yes, sorry. Yes. Yeah, cuz yeah. valve Blizzard's
1: checked out of this. Blizzard doesn't care. Blizzard made their own Yes, it's called Heroes of the Storm, Yes, is really good. Oh, yeah, I it's logged not, in
0: and got my loot crate, and I bought a bunch of tank guys, because I have a feeling that, you know, if I just smash, it'd be a lot easier.
1: Uh, Some of them, yeah. Some of those tank guys are, are scary, not as tanks. So just be careful. <sighs> Arthas is classified as a warrior, uh, and he can just, like, <laughs> explode on other people. Well, I'll... Uh... If you ever want to play, let us know. Laura and I are, are, like, always up for a game, whether it's against bots or people.
0: I just, I don't know. So many things. Yep. All the, the, the things.
1: The thing about the so many things is that this is one of the things that you can actually play with other people. True. Very true. So it's it's a nice way to have, like, social contact and, and stuff like that.
0: So, yeah, no, the Dota is actually now in the federal courts to figure out what what's up with the name. The federal courts. Yep. Oh, dear. So last bit of gaming news. Uh-huh. Alpha Go this last weekend was playing the number one Go player in the world. KG. Yep. Yeah, he is regarded as the top Go player, period. And he beat him. Alpha Go. It's not he. Alpha Go, oh God, wow. He's called Alpha Go a person. Not quite. Nope. It's a program. Yes, Alpha Go beat the world's best player of Go. Three nothing.
1: This is this is the same KG who first said, "I will never play against this AI because it's a child's toy." Yep. Essentially. Yes. Um, where? Oh, I wish I knew how to use Google to search time ranges.
0: Uh, it's an advanced feature.
1: Because I remember he made some like really, really like disparaging remarks about it.
0: All right, hold on. Alpha, go. Okay, yes. Is it tools? Yeah, tools. All anytime. Custom range. What are you thinking, like last year or what?
1: Yeah, search uh, anytime in February through June of 2016.
0: Let's just do... 2016 to July 1st, 2016. <laughs> March 11th, 2016. Teenage World Number 1, Kinji Kiji K-G, KG. KG, sorry. KG. KG. Yeah, what did he say? Uh, he said, Google AlphaGo can't beat me t- uh, in the sport. Even if AlphaGo can defeat Lee... God. Lee Sedol. Lee Sedol. It can't yeah. beat me. A year later... Yeah. Facing AlphaGo, I do not feel the same strong instinct of victory when I play a human player, but I still believe I have the advantage against it. It's 60% in my favor. AlphaGo is not in my match.
1: Yeah. I have to say, I underestimated the mind power of AlphaGo prior to the first match. I thought Lisa Dahl would win (laughs) 5-0. For me, here it is. This is what it... For me, I'm not interested in playing against an easy opponent, especially for an easy-to-handle computer, for I don't want to win 100 times out of 100 games
0: yeah
1: <laughs> oh oh dear so he, he slowly changed right because then yes. he started saying like i, I kind of want to play against it like the chinese proverb goes it's better to see once than hear dozens of times better to have a try yourself than see how others play dozens of times but like yeah and then alpha go one three nothing
0: yep now i do have to say uh I think it w- was it the first match or the second match where it actually came down to, like, points.
1: Where it wasn't clear who won?
0: Yeah, like, they actually, like, had to add up the points, and, you know, AlphaGo won by, like, half a point. Basically the closest Holy that you could shit. get.
1: There are so many analyses of, of AlphaGo's games now, especially with uh, Lee Sedol, because it's been, like, it's been a year. And so people have started trying to, like, deconstruct how it's working and how it's thinking, and new um new moves have been coming out because of it and people are are trying slightly different strategies and so it's just so cool to watch that happen but
0: (laughs) oh poor poor kg well it's kind of funny because kg used previously unorthodox moves that the ai had employed itself yep against the ai
1: yeah well as i said like he's they they learned from the computer they learned from watching it yeah i still remember in uh match two with Lee Sadal, uh the commentator who was like a, a third Don uh go player. So he's he's good. Like he's he is a a master go player, just not Grandmaster or anywhere near Grandmaster, but he's still like he's ranked, essentially. Yeah. Um he he was able to like look ahead ten, twenty moves on the board and he was saying like, oh you know, they'll probably do this and do this and do this and do this and here's what I do in this situation and then he'll do this. And then AlphaGo took its turn, and he looked at the board, and he looked back at AlphaGo, and he looked at the board, and he looked back at Alpha. And he's like, "Wait a minute!" He he put it on the board, and then he moved it, and he put it back because he like had to match where AlphaGo is playing. He's like, "That's that's a that's a really weird move." And he he had to, like just stop, and he looked at the board for like two minutes, and then he's like, "Huh." Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Lee Sedol had to like get up and leave the room. <laughs> because he he needed a break, and because that move just took him by such surprise. Let me see if I can find the move.
0: Well, I okay. So um, so they uh, he lost match one. Lisadol. No. Um, or KG. KG. Yeah. He lost match one, but you know, it was it was pretty. Close. Match two, according to AlphaGo's analysis, he played perfectly for about the first 50 moves. AlphaGo did? No. Or KG? KG. KG played yeah. perfectly against AlphaGo for the first... Fi- literally, like, he could not play, according to the analysis... Any better. Any better. Yep. For the first 100 moves, it was the closest we've ever seen anyone play against the master version of AlphaGo. Yeah. So literally, yeah, no, he was playing... AlphaGo to the limit.
1: And still, lo- like, did he just make a mistake, or AlphaGo came up with something and escaped? Uh,
0: AlphaGo made some moves which were opposite from my vision of how to maximize the possibility of winning. I also thought I was very close to winning the game in the middle, but maybe that's not what AlphaGo was thinking. I'm a little bit sad. Yeah. It's a bit of a regret because I think I played pretty well. No, you you, you played, played really well. well. Yeah. So, I, you know what I'm
1: reminded of is the episode of Star Trek. Do you know which one I'm talking about?
0: Oh, um, where the guy is playing Data. In the, right. Yeah. And, and Data gets destroyed in the
1: first round. Yes. And then the guy plays Data again and, and has to quit. And the change was that Data wasn't playing to win. And so right there, what KG said is that, like, AlphaGo made this move that I didn't expect because I was planning on how to maximize. Yeah. AlphaGo doesn't care about maximizing. That's what's come out of all these analyses. AlphaGo cares about winning, but it doesn't care about winning by a lot.
0: No, that's why that first match came down to a half point win. Because that's AlphaGo's win. (laughs) <laughs> AlphaGo Alpha- will play as safely as possible, but still win. Yes.
1: Uh, it was the Move 37 in Game 2 that AlphaGo was like, the move was described as creative and unique. Yep. Uh, another another player called it a rare and intriguing shoulder hit. Hmm. Move 37, man. That was, that was it.
0: So now, after AlphaGo has beat the best Go player in the world, it is now retiring.
1: Really? Yep. They're like, all right, we did it. We beat the best person ever. We can actually close down the server. Yep. That's kind of sad, actually. That feels like it's a loss to to the Go world.
0: In a statement, DeepMind co-founder and co-CEO said that the reason was that this week's summit represented the highest possible pinnacle for AlphaGo as a competitive program. Mm -hmm. The research team behind AlphaGo will now throw their considerable energy into the next set of grand challenges. Yada, 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 AI, yada, 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 yada.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see them take on tech.
0: Uh, And although AlphaGo has played its last competitive match, DeepMind will release the data from 50 games of the AI playing on... Remember the online stuff there? Yeah, where they didn't say, hey, this is an AI. They just said, you're playing someone and he's really good. So, yeah, they're going to release the data from the 50 games. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Release the data from 50 games of the AI playing against itself. Ooh. Sorry, I read that wrong. So there's going to be 50 matches of... AlphaGo playing against itself, which that should be seriously complex. And then they're also working on a teaching tool. Ooh, That's cool. And, uh, yeah, they're they're actually getting professional players to collaborate with DeepMind Deep on the tool, which they say should give players, all players and fans, the opportunity to see the game through the lens of AlphaGo.
1: I, I still think it's sad that they're shutting it down. I feel like you you could only learn more, right? I mean, sure, there's the concern that, like, AlphaGo's sitting here, and evidently no one can touch it at this point.
0: Well, like, I, they have an excellent point. They're like, look, you know, we've taken this thing as far as we can with it. This was our goal. Our goal was to make the best Go player possible. Yeah. And we did. Let's learn from this and move on. But
1: there's more to learn. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep an eye out. We'll see what this group is going to be doing afterwards. They got to do something.
0: Yeah, well, we'll find out in the future. They're going to, like okay. I said, they're moving upwards and onwards. So instead of Mavis
1: Beacon, Mavis Bacon teaches typing, instead of Maurice Ashley teaches chess, you have AlphaGo teaches Go. Yes. That'll be interesting. I don't have time to learn Go. <laughs> I'm
0: too busy learning electronics through Factorio. So other Google news. More news. Yay, Google. What do we got? Uh, so remember how the... Department of Labor wanted Google to release its um, salary records because they said that uh, there was extreme gender pay discrimination.
1: I do not remember that.
0: We talked about that back in early April. Okay. Well, uh, (laughs) Google officials testified in federal court on Friday that um, it was too financially burdensome and logistically challenging to compile and hand over salary records. Really? Yes. Yes. Do you want to take a guess at how much time and money they would have to spend to comply with investigators' ongoing demands?
1: Well, well let's see. So, so time and money. Yes. Um, it would probably be about two days of work for someone in HR, which at Google is probably making, I'm going to guess, oh, that's annual salary, so call it 300000 Times, divided by 365, divided by, no, times two. 2,000 bucks.
0: Higher. 10,000 bucks. Higher. $40,000. You're in six digits, Dave. There's no way. Yes, Google said that it will have to spend up to 500 hours of work and $100,000 to comply with investigators' ongoing demands for wage data. 500 hours, $100,000? Yes, which Google... So Google someone, says okay. is too financially burdensome, burdensome and logistically challenging.
1: Google, who just you know made an AI to play against Go players, but yes,
0: Google—they're so saying nearly... it will
1: cost two hundred dollars an hour. Yes, I feel like the court could still order it. <laughs> Like, I, that's that's not actually too expensive, Google.
0: Yeah, the Department of Labor attorney mm-hmm. scoffed at that defense, saying Google would be able to absorb the cost as easy as a dry kitchen sponge could absorb a single drop of water.
1: Yeah, I mean, props to Google for trying, but no, that's, <laughs> that no.
0: Google has already claimed that the company has, uh, oh, sorry, Google was claiming that the company has already worked 2,300 hours at a cost of nearly half a million dollars to partially comply with the government's demands. I'm just saying, mm, really? I, fe- I feel like this, you know, this <laughs> is like a, a spreadsheet. It's not a spreadsheet, but it's
1: a, it, it, it is not a hard report to write. No. Let, me, let me change this. If it's a hard report to write, you are doing HR wrong.
0: Google's senior legal operations manager testified that the process of compiling data for the Department of Labor has required engineers, lawyers, and employees across departments to build new systems, conduct extensive quality reviews of files, redact documents, and complete other complex tasks.
1: Oh, no. You had to do management work. And you had to hire lawyers for a legal issue. This is why they have lawyers. Like, no.
0: (laughs) No. Google cannot claim that it now has no money to comply with a federal agency seeking to ensure compliance with equal opportunity laws on behalf of the public after they have announced with great public fanfare that they've invested $150 million in diversity initiatives. (laughs) I'm sorry. This is just
1: humorous. You you can't spend that much money and then claim you don't have that much money.
0: (laughs) uh, to to comply with Department of Labor diversity, oh this is ridiculous. Really, you really Google? I mean, yeah.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, I I don't know what to tell you, Andy. They're <laughs> this is they're they're Google and they're trying to get out from under this without having to to mess with it. I'm so, I don't I'm think sorry, it's going to work.
0: No, yeah, no, that's
1: all right. Uh, Mars, let's get off of Google for a sec. We can come back to them. I'm sure there's right. more. I
0: want to talk about Mars. All right, what's up with Mars? Well, the ESA launched the the
1: lander, right? Yes. ExoMars, and then it, it didn't land.
0: No, it kind of it kind of crashed <laughs> quite hard. Um, I, was this the one where they they thought, or where
1: it thought it was already like a mile underground? Um, I or was think that, so. Was that the one where there was the conversion between feet and meters? I don't know. Uh, but um, they, 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 evidently they just figured this one out, so what happened?
0: Well, what happened was... Um, the,
1: oh, did, uh, oh, no, is this another, like, Apollo 13 series of unfortunate glitches?
0: Between entry into the Mars atmosphere and parachute deploying <laughs> triggering, an unexpected evolution in the spin rate was noticed. The vehicle's parachute was deployed as expected, but its inertial measurement unit detected that... It detected a larger-than-expected angular pitch rate, which triggered a saturation alert. The Guidance Navigation and Control System believed that the angular rate was the same as the saturation threshold, which threw off the capsule's calculated altitude. That meant the lander systems thought the spacecraft was closer to the ground, and did all the lower ground stuff, even though it was still way high up in the air. Um, when the RCS shut down, the capsule was still just over two miles in the air, which led to a freefall. Oh no! An impact. A two-mile freefall? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. So yeah, no, there was something, a spin rate caused the measurement to basically reach saturation. So even though the angular rate was higher, the saturation threshold was reached, so the computer didn't think it was any faster than basically the max limit and it caused all problems to happen. Oh <laughs> the final report is... concluded that insufficient parachute modeling, inadequate handling of alerts, an insufficient approach to failure detection, isolation and recovery, and design robustness and a mismanagement with subcontractors and hardware to blame for the crash, and that provided a series of recommendations for the ExoMars mission in how much did
1: it cost?
0: Oh yeah. Uh, Let's see what the cost for the Scaparelli was. Uh, Lander cost.
1: ESA originally capped it at a billion euros, which was one point three billion dollars.
0: The two missions will cost the ESA about one point five billion. So yeah, no, that's a yeah, that's a lot of that's money. That's unfortunate. Yep. Other good space news, though. Well, sort of good space news. Yeah. New Zealand yeah. launched a rocket into orbit, so they huh. are now the um, uh, what's it? The eleventh country now to actually uh can launch spacecraft into orbit from New Zealand. From New Zealand. That seems like an odd place to launch a rocket. Yeah. Well, don't well, you want to also, the equator?
1: What? Don't you want to do it like close to the equator if you can? Yes.
0: Yes, as close to the equator as you can. Which is why you know New Zealand Cape Canaveral is. On, in florida yeah yeah so um yeah no with so yeah new zealand can now launch spacecraft in this launch though was a test one they didn't actually get up to the uh, orbit that they wanted to okay um but they still actually had a uh three-stage rocket launched that's impressive yeah
1: definitely impressive
0: the other fun fact was that this was uh a private spaceport as well so a private company in a private spaceport. <laughs> In New Zealand. In New Zealand. Launched a a rocket. Yes. So that's uh, that's kind of some That was surprising. I was like, wait, New Zealand? Yeah, that's kind of out of nowhere, right? Like, I didn't know they were working on launching a rocket, but
1: I guess they were. Yep. Okay. Uh, what else do we have? Dieselgate 2.0.
0: Yes, this one is now... Um, U.S. Department of Justice has sued Fiat Chrysler. For violating emissions tests? Yep, for over 100,000 diesel Ram trucks and Jeep Grand Cherokees. The DOJ claims that the cars contain at least eight software-based features to meddle with the car's emission control systems during tests. And also, fun fact, um, two plaintiffs have asked a judge to let them proceed with a class-action lawsuit against General Motors for diesel admission. How many people cheated at their diesel emissions? It seems like everybody.
1: (laughs) And like, how did not how did seeing Volkswagen go through this, not scare the shit out of all of them and say, like, uh, we should probably just come clean like now. Like, did they think people wouldn't notice?
0: I I don't know. The U.S. government filed the complaint on Tuesday claiming that Fiat Chrysler asked Bosch, the same German auto parts supplier that VW got its engine software from, to, quote unquote, customize the engine control system software that FCA used in its diesels. God damn it. God, really? And so, yeah, no, the Fiat Chrysler is now getting sued by the Department of Justice, and there might be a class action lawsuit against GM. So, yeah, no, Dieselgate. It's point 2.0.
1: Oh back and better than ever. Yep. God damn. Uh there was something else on that list that I was looking at though. Digits. Yes. It was digits. T Mobile Digits.
0: T Mobile Digits, which was their big announcement. Where? Um, I don't remember a big announcement. Well they were they were touting this announcement for a while, saying like, Oh, there's gonna be a big announcement coming on Tuesday, big announcement on Tuesday. And we're like, Okay. Oh, okay, one of those. Yeah. Big announcement on Tuesday, sure. Yep. T-Mobile is introducing digits, which in case anybody is wondering what digits is, it's like your Google Voice number, but specifically for T-Mobile.
1: So it's it's like Google Voice, but it only works for T-Mobile? Yes. But
0: T-Mobile customers basically have their phone number now turned into a Google Voice number.
1: But how many T-Mobile devices do you have? Uh, I currently have
0: two. You do? Yes. What two devices do you have? I have my phone, phone and I also now have an LG tablet that's technically associated with my T-Mobile account. But does
1: it connect to the cellular network? Uh, Yes, it does. Okay.
0: For for the time being. (laughs) As soon as I pay it off, then it won't. I'm waiting for a a rebate check to uh, show up.
1: I'm so confused. Why won't it once it's paid off?
0: because I'll turn off that aspect of it and kill the data connection for it. Okay. It, oh, was part of the, just, it was part of the deal with my phone. It's just like stealing your data right now. Well, it's not actually on, so it's not actually using any data, but I had to add... Uh, the data connection for it in order okay. to get the discount, and you know if I cancel the line before I get the discount, then you know I won't get the discount. Right. It's a bit but you silly. Get the it's discount,
1: only... and then you're going to cancel the line.
0: Yes. Huh. It's 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 convoluted. Yes. I. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. So yeah. No. Any any. But I, you know, I still
1: don't get it. Like so, where where else can you use your T-Mobile number?
0: Uh, on your PC via a browser. On your tablet via a browser. Any connected device can use your digits but it's really just like a browser app yeah want to shoot off a text from your tablet or laptop digits can do that via a browser on their pc so can google hangouts not a text message oh uh,
1: not anymore that's right they got rid of that yep except Damn for it. google
0: voice numbers <laughs> well it's a good thing
1: i have a google voice number
0: Yep. Yeah. So text for Google voice numbers still run through Hangouts because I've been yeah. still getting some of them because some people only know my Google voice number rather than my actual cell phone number. Yep. So now I've got text coming in two different places and it's freaking me out.
1: <laughs> so annoying. Yep. Getting texts from multiple places as I have like four different text programs open
0: yeah, no, digits means that, you know, you don't have to carry two phones for two separate numbers. You can have more than one digits line on the same smartphone, that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, it's T-Mobile's, all their numbers are getting turned basically into Google Voice numbers. So you can get them anywhere. Cool. And it's free for T-Mobile users. T-Mobile One Plus users actually get a second digits line at no extra cost. Everybody else can get another line for just $10 a month.
1: So you can just get another number that's still you. Yes. Why do they think this is a good idea? Like who at T-Mobile said, well, you know what people really need is Google Voice. Google is saying people don't need Google Voice. Yep. I'm so confused by T-Mobile's actions here. What is the advantage from their side? Why would they do this?
0: Uh, my guess is so they could say, "Hey, you you want you know we can move you over from any other device, you know," which you could do already. Well, not uh, any other device, actually. Some of them now, some of the later devices, they T-Mobile actually said, like you know, if you're on Verizon, you have like an S8 or an iPhone Seven or something like that, bring it over to us, and it will actually work on our networks. Oh, cool! So, you took yeah, care I of don't. That. I don't know, but it's neat, but like you said, yeah, what's the point of this? It it feels neat, but then you think about it and it's like a novelty. Like,
1: I'm not sure how neat it really is.
0: But yeah, T-Mobile's doing their own version of Google Voice. Good for... Frickin' them. I'm kind of surprised I wasn't actually asked to participate in the beta program. Normally, I'm all about these beta programs. I just, hmm.
1: Maybe they didn't do a beta
0: this time. No, there was a beta for this, because they said anybody who was in the beta gets a free extra digits line as long as they're with T-Mobile. Ah. Oh,
1: well, sad for you. Yeah. You should go on and complain and say, like, I wanted to be in this beta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have experience with, with Google Voice. I should have been in this beta.
0: Oh, okay. I think I found a... The link to get into the beta programs. But yeah, so yeah, that's a that's a thing, I guess. Mm, other voicemail, fo- cell phone news. Yeah. Republicans are trying to get the FCC to relax the robocalling rules. Because right now, you're not allowed to get robocalled on your cell phone unless you... Allow it. Allow it, which most of the right. time would be like, hey, you know, send us your cell phone number, and then that will be allowing them to robo right. you. Well, now... um, They want to uh, allow robocalling for ringless voicemails. What is a ringless voicemail? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you asked. A ringless voicemail doesn't actually qualify as a phone call. What it does is they will... Do they just directly
1: leave something to your voicemail?
0: Yes, they will direct, basically direct dial your voicemail inbox, not to your, so it won't ring your phone, you'll just get in a message saying, hey, you know, hey, you've got a voicemail. Oh my god, that's that's even
1: more annoying. Yes. Why? Why would you do that? That is like the worst opportunity. That is the poorest decision. Oh, because they want to do it for fundraising. God damn it. With the FCC the way it is right now, they'll go all for it. Well, they won't go all for it, they'll go two to one for it. Yep. (laughs) Fucking FCC, that... FCC should not be a partisan organization.
0: This it is, really hasn't been that much of a problem. Up until, until now. Until now, yes.
1: Well, uh, I, I mean, until Tom Wheeler. Really, like, Obama made it partisan. I, I will not deny that. They used it to push the, the liberal side of it. And now the Republicans are like, ah-ha-ha, ha, it's our turn, and we're suffering for it.
0: It's It's been a lot of seesawing back and forth now. The, the partisan yeah. in politics has been a lot of, we're going to undo whatever you just did. Yeah. It's just, it's, ping pong now it's like whoa this is getting a little ridiculous
1: oh my god so you know it's really ridiculous though It's this net neutrality stuff (laughs) yep and so there's some we gotta we gotta talk about that uh they they opened up comments john oliver did his shows segment and made the go fcc yourself to make it (laughs) easier to comment and then the FCC claimed they were in a DDoS attack and started losing connection, like people couldn't leave comments. And then it started coming out that there were bots hosting, like, net neutrality positive comments or, or, like, anti-net neutrality comments. So, you know, the, like, the one we talked about last time about the Obama era regulations have gone too far, et cetera, et cetera. I want a free and open Internet not quite realizing or willfully not realizing Um, This is the opposite of free and open internet, this idea of of limiting these restrictions, because companies are not going to make a free and open internet. You you will have to regulate it in the sense of you can't limit it. It's weird and it's counterintuitive, but the, the regulation here is to make it a free and open internet. Because it's in the company's best interests that it is not free and not open. So not only were the bots posting and using real people's names to post, and and now there's like lawsuits saying, hey, this was not me. Someone stole my identity. Some of the bots were posting using people who are deceased. Oh, jeez. So there's that. Also, it has been coming more and more to light how much of this, this legislation, these decisions from the FCC... Are being written by lawyers at the cable companies, which yeah. should not come as a
0: surprise. Ajit Pai used to work for Verizon. Yeah, granted, that and, doesn't say much because Tom Wheeler used to work for the cable companies, right. and he turned he used right to work around. He worked for the entire lobby. Yeah,
1: Ajit Pai, however, still evidently has allegiance to his his old employer, yep. whereas Tom Wheeler was like, "No, screw you guys. We're gonna like I worked for you. Now I work for
0: the people." Well, it it was interesting to listen to I because I pay like I said, I'd literally subscribe to a podcast done by C SPAN. Yes. I purposely go out and listen to C SPAN at least once a week. Good for you. Yeah. Um so there was a lot of Tom Wheeler like basically exit interviews. Yeah. Like, why did you do this? And he always talked about how when he first started working for the cable companies, the cable companies were the outsiders. He was fighting against the incumbent telecoms of eight, basically AT&T. Right. So now it's like, you know, he once again was fighting for the outsiders against the incumbents, which at this point were the cable companies. So it's like it, it kind of makes sense when he actually breaks it down and explains his thought process. It's like, oh, he's just working with his personal ideals that makes perfect well, sense. Yeah, I mean,
1: it, it's his personal ideals, and it's who had hired him. When he worked for the cable company, he worked for the cable company. That was his job. When he worked for the FCC, he worked for the U.S. government on behalf of the people. That was his job. He is a man who does his job. Ajit Pai, however, seems to be working for the cable companies. Yep. And it's, it's just killing me.
0: Do you want to end on some good news? Sure. Some good-ish news. Good-ish news. Well, some neat news. Um, researchers down in the University of Central Florida, yeah, m- uh, have figured out a way to basically change how all displays work. Okay. So your computer monitor, right, is made up of pixels. Yes, and each pixel is made up of three subpixels. Right. Red, green, blue. Yes. Yes they uh, have come up with a way to tune the color of the subpixels by applying different voltages, so... Isn't that what it does? No, because the the red subpixel is either on or off, or a, or a gradient of on or off, and the blue is on or off, or a gradient of on or off sort of thing, right? They make it now where a red pixel could turn blue, and a green pixel could turn red. So they're... You don't um, need but- three three sub pixels um, anymore
1: but a red pixel could turn i am so confused
0: what red green
1: okay. blue right
0: we, we, we have make, we have a pixel a pixel is made up of three individual parts red yeah. green and blue there's so every pixel is really three lights yes yes got that that's and that's those what lights we have get, now those lights can only be on or off, right? Uh no. Well, I'm in a in a somewhere it, red can only show red, right? Yes. Red green can, only can only show, only show red, show green. But
1: red well cuz it's it's a red LED and a green LED. Well, yeah, they are right, but they're uh, but the red. It, it can be on or off, but it's it's there's different intensities. It's always yes. red.
0: Yes, it's always re- yes, it's always red. Right? Yes. Okay. So you yeah. got that. But it's, it's always it's red.
1: Red, but it's like a value of zero where it's off, or a value of two fifty five where it's completely on.
0: Yes, but it's only red. Right. They are making it now where they could get a subpixel to change colors so one pixel could take the place of three pixels or three sub pixels does that make does that make sense you have so, the one
1: so we could make the three sub pixels pixels yes but they can still only show red green or blue right or are they saying they could they could do any color
0: yeah they could do any color so they they could literally by doing this triple the resolution of any screen like that
1: and that changes a lot of things about like Screen manufacturing and screen theory and color theory and oh my god, that's intense. Getting rid of the subpixels.
0: Yes, that's that's. Think of you know, think of virtual reality headsets because all that stuff is all about you know, you know, resolution, resolution, especially with it literally being like inches from your eye. Right, being able to triple the density of a VR display headset.
1: You'd have to have a completely. Would you? Would you need to change your graphics cards? Because right now, the connection to the monitor is sending those three channels, right? It's sending red, green, and blue. Graphics cards need to output red, green, and blue.
0: Hold on. I'm looking at the pinout of HDMI cable. HDMI cable just sends out data streams. I don't know what's on the data stream. I'll have to look into that one more. Uh...
1: Well, I'll give you a hint, Andy. If there's data zero, data one, and data two, what do you think those three data streams are?
0: I'll have to look up the CEA 86-1-E video standard. Andy. Yeah. Data 0 is blue, data 1 is green, data 2 is red. I feel like that's an oversimplification of what it is, but I feel like oh, you would just need a different driver for this sort of thing. Maybe.
1: You'd have to put something on the receiver. Like, there'd have to be some sort of conversion.
0: The na- Okay, here we go. The nanostructure surface can be easily integrated with existing display technology, so the underlying hardware wouldn't need to be replaced or re-engineered. It allows you to leverage all pre-existing decades of LCD technology. We don't have to change all of the engineering that went into making that. Okay. So this is this is cool, right? This is this is really cool. This is okay. really really cool. I wanted to end on is something it, that is is was not, cheaper? you know, a downer.
1: Is it cheaper, or is it no more expensive? Because like, well, they're they're still.
0: This is still in a lab. These guys are going to make a shit ton of money. Yes, if they can, if they can scale this up to an actual, you know, display, this would be amazing.
1: What would you call it? Because it's not pixelless.
0: No, there are still pixels. Yeah, it's just. Ooh it's just, ooh ooh!
1: Oh my god! If if I were them and I I had done this research, it depends. If I'm already working for a company, I'd say let's make this product. If I could take the research and make my own company, I would name the company Pixel Perfect.
0: Ooh, that's a good
1: one. Isn't like that would be a great company name for this? It would be an okay product name, right? Or like a classification, like these are Pixel Perfect TVs. But I'd, uh, I'd make it Pixel Perfect.
0: Well, there the technical name for it is a plasmonic display. That is bullshit and is a terrible name. That's what they're calling it. Plasmonic nanostructures can fill this role they're, by having the advantage of ultra-small pixels. I don't small care pixels. what they're
1: calling it. It's a terrible name. <laughs> Go, Imagine going to Best Buy and saying, I would like to order a plasmonic TV. It sounds like something out of a retro future. That sounds like a 1950s sci-fi. What the hell is a plasmonic nanostructure? No, it's a, let's call it Pixel Perfect. Uh, Radio Shack is closing more stores and the world is round. Yeah. They they bankruptcy again. I bring this up because I thought of an opportunity. <laughs> okay. Radio Shack is is dead, right?
0: Yeah. Like it's yes. if
1: it's not dead dead, it is dying. It is it is in the death throes. So, where do hobbyists go to to buy stuff? right? Like I need a, I need an led. I need a chip. Where do I go besides online? Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: besides online. Oh, okay. Right. I need it like today. I
1: want to do a project. I need this thing. I want to work on it. Well, when I want to work on beads and bead sprites, I go to Joanne Fabrics and I go to Michael's, right? I go to the craft
0: stores. Why not have like a small hobbyist electronics section? Turn them into some sort of like oh like we talked about with Staples and that their office space? Not not
1: quite that extreme, just like I mean, the, the extent that Radio Shack now has electronics, which is to say they have a cabinet in the store. Don't you think, like, Joanne's could get into that? Hmm. The whole store is about crafting and hobbies. So, like, put up a shelf with some breadboard, some wires, some clips, a soldering iron, and some, some components— And poof, you are now the center of your your community's maker world. You could even run classes because Joann's does classes for like knitting and crochet and quilting and using the machines. They could run classes in the store.
0: I was thinking something along those lines, but instead of Joann's, I was thinking more along like a Home Depot or a Menards or a Lowe's, that sort of thing. Yeah,
1: but I I don't think it would fit the idea of the store, right? Like Home Depot is you're building a structure. Home Depot is you are building a house. You're not going to sell a uh, a four NAND gate circuit in Home Depot.
0: But Home Depot is all about the DIY. But they're well, looking yes, at, I, yeah, Ho- yeah, Joanne Fabrics is also about the it's, DIY. It's a different
1: scale, well. right? Joanne Fabrics yeah. is the, the like micro. I think that it would fit. I think it's a market. It doesn't take a lot of space. And a lot of nerds already go and shop at Joanne Fabrics or at Michael's or at other craft stores like that.
0: Could be interesting. There's a bug in windows yes it's actually an old bug
1: as well it, it has to do with the ntfs file system and a file name that exists but doesn't exist yep and if you try to access the file as if it were a folder uh the system will lock up
0: yeah which is not a new bug this has been around for a while yeah since ntfs was first introduced Yeah. So, you know, yeah, if you go to a malicious website, they could try and have your computer reference said file in a website image where, you know, it would just slowly lock up your computer or make it blue screen. One of the two.
1: It'll it'll just hang for a while. A reboot fixes it.
0: Yep. And also um, it doesn't affect Windows 10 PCs. So this is just Windows Vista 7 and 8. That's good. I mean, it's not good because I have Windows 7, but it could be worse. Wait, I thought right. you were at 10. Did you did you downgrade? Uh my desktop is 7, my laptop is 10. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Right? No, my laptop is 8 because I tried to upgrade my laptop to 10 and it didn't have
0: drivers. Yeah, I remember that. Right. Random <laughs> review. Random review. Your review, sir. I am reviewing my new cell phone because I had the Galaxy S5, and I was thinking about upgrading to the S8. And then the S8 came out, and I said no. So I had, you know, planned and already set everything up to get a new cell phone, and um, I didn't want to get the S8, so I, instead I got the G6. Uh, first off, because uh, I got it for 500, which uh, the I do believe the S8 on T-Mobile is still at 750. Okay. So it was definitely cheaper. Uh, it's got a bigger battery. Well, it's got it's got a pretty similar battery, uh, three thousand three hundred milliamp hours compared to three thousand. Both of them non-removable, but that's kind of standard now for new phones. Uh, both of them had. I'm comparing the S8 to the G6. Both of them were right. supposed to be USB C connectors, which that's a bit of a problem because the Galaxy S5 was uh, micro USB. So I've had to get new cables and chargers and all that other fun stuff. The USB-C adapters? Yes. But the good news is this thing has got built-in wireless charging. Don't most phones now? Yes, most phones now do have the wireless charging built-in. So okay. It's working now with all of my wireless charging stuff that I got from my old phone. Nice. Which I had to uh, kludge that together. How so? Oh, I bought a... Uh, there was a plug-in for the back part that I could turn it into a wireless charging if I added a secondary on your transformer old into my phone. On your old phone or on your new phone? On my old phone. Okay, so the new phone just works. New phone just works, and it works wonderfully wirelessly. Okay. So, um, Downside is it's got the old Snapdragon 821 processor and not the new 835. So it's a little bit slower than what the S8 would have been. Noticeably, well, I'm going from an S5 up to the G6, so it's definitely faster. Okay. So it's not as you know as fast as I could have gotten if I went with an S8, but it is still uh, faster than my old phone, which is really nice. Battery lasts a long lot longer than my old phone as well. Um, it's got dual cameras on the back. I haven't really taken many pictures with it, but most of my pictures I take are just of you know config screens and serial numbers and that sort of stuff.
1: <laughs> not not exactly like really deep needed images.
0: No, so um the other nice thing was the fact that i don't have samsung's bloatware
1: (laughs) sorry sorry kate kate made a comment uh about the images that you're taking and the pictures that you're taking and her response was until july
0: Yes true that is true yes I probably will be taking more pictures. slightly different style pictures yes come July yes you are correct the screen size is actually a lot bigger it's well the ratio is bigger it's a it's a two to one ratio rather than the 16 by nine ratio mm-hmm. so it's a nice bigger screen uh, some of the apps I have though don't use the entire screen but it's fine because uh, apps that don't they just put the uh, virtual home buttons on the screen mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm really missing anything, but there are apps out there that will actually use the whole screen. Nice. So that's nice. Um, there's not as much internal storage, but I, it's a, like I said, a lot of this stuff is I haven't upgraded my phone in years. So it's still an upgrade for me.
1: Yeah. It's not as much of an upgrade as the S8, but it is yes. an upgrade. Okay. Yes,
0: but th- this thing is uh, water resistant, just like, you know, the the S8 and it doesn't have that stupid curved screen. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's pretty comparable to the S8. Oh, well, good. And it was a hell of so, a lot cheaper. It was a hell of a lot cheaper. Plus, I got the free tablet, as we talked about the convoluted way of me getting a free tablet. Right. Um, and I also got a free Google Home with it as well. Ooh.
1: Free so Google to, Home.
0: Yeah, free Google Home. It is currently sitting on our coffee table. Not, I haven't turned it. It's still in the box. But
1: So you, you now have both Alexa and OK Google.
0: Yes. So we'll figure out how this works okay. later. But it's a nice phone. It's like, it's like, because it's got the two to one ratio screen. The screen's taller. So sometimes the one handed application is a bit hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. But it's not bad. It's got the same, like, just like the S8, it's got the always on screen. So I can, you know, look at just at a glance and see if I've got emails or text messages or anything. I really like the one feature that they've got is this double tap on and double tap off. So if my phone is just sitting on my desk, because the power button's on the back, I can just double tap my phone to wake it up.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that from when I had the G3.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I can just glance at it and go, okay, I don't need to worry about it. Double tap again. And it turns off. And it turns off. Yeah. So that's really neat as well. So yeah, yeah no, the, it's, that was a great feature. I finally, you know, gave up the Samsung and moved to LG, and I am quite pleased with it, especially... That price cut was a big thing there. It's like, you know, I'm going for an upgrade. Yes, it has the older processor, and it doesn't have, you know, some of the newer bells and whistles of the S8. But if you want to get out of the Samsung infrastructure, and you don't want to go to Apple, this is a good alternative. I just didn't, I didn't like where Samsung was going. No. (laughs) Yes, Kate has a good point. If the S8 was like the S7, I probably would still have a Samsung phone. Yeah. But the price but comparison wasn't. between between the S seven and the G six, I think the G six with all the stuff was still technically cheaper. Yeah. So Okay. LG G six. I like it. So, random topic. Indeed. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. How much would it cost to mail Andy alive? I'm glad that they specified alive to David's house. That's I don't know if that yeah, is that legal?
1: Well they didn't say legally mail. They just said, how much would it cost to mail Andy to Dave? Yeah. Um, how, much, how much would it cost for, like, four days of food
0: for you? Not a lot. Why, why do you think it would take me four days to get over there?
1: Well, because I'm, I'm
0: just thinking, like, what are we defining as mail? That is true, yeah. No, I don't think you can ship live things through the post office.
1: Right. And so, like, really, like, if mail is just transporting from one place to... Like, if the question is, how much would it cost to transport Andy to Dave without Andy driving
0: no wait you actually can there are certain animals uh some animals are mailable under proper conditions i I remember yeah no i remember this from the post office because i came in one day and all i could hear were birds cheeping and i'm like what the hell is going on
1: post office u.s postal code 526 mailable live animals some animals are mailable you can oh my god you can ship live bees
0: Yes, that was an interesting one because he had some of those come, by, come through as well. You can ship
1: live day-old poultry, live adult birds, <laughs> live scorpions, and other small, harmless, cold-blooded animals. Shipping live bees. Only queen honeybees may be shipped by air transportation. Queen, each queen honeybee may be accompanied by up to eight attendant honeybees.
0: Yes, <laughs> no, mammals are not listed in the postal thing there. So if I had to get mailed via, you know, the post office, I cannot. Unless oh my you somehow- God,
1: this is an amazing, I had no idea that this existed. Scorpions, shipping live scorpions must be for delivery only within the continental U.S. May be sent only by surface transportation. No scorpions on a plane. <laughs> must be sent only for special purpose of either medical research use or manufacture of antivenin. So you can't just send it for the sake of sending it to a friend live scorpion is packaged in a double container system with each receptacle closed or fastened in such a way as to prevent escape inner receptacle is made of a material that cannot be punctured by a scorpion inner receptacle is marked live scorpions that is amazing oh my god
0: i love it right so regular post office alligators (laughs) am i gonna have to worry about what mail i get from you now in the future (laughs)
1: animal must not exceed 20 inches in length no additional requirements <laughs> except applica- applicable standards in section 52 shipping animals that is amazing <laughs> uh all right so so I'm, I'm interpreting this as we need a way to get you from there to here without you actively taking part in your own transportation Yes. Does that sound fair?
0: Yes, that does sound fair. So does hitchhiking work? No, because I have to actively participate in that.
1: Okay, so we need some... In in that case, I could probably do it for under 200 bucks.
0: Why? Would you actually come drive out here, pick me up, and then drive me back?
1: Nope, nope. I cannot actively transport you. That's not mailing. That's picking you up. Okay. But I could hire someone to go pick you
0: up. Yes. Yes, you could.
1: I feel like that would would fall into the realm of mailing. And if we wanted to make it, like, really kind of like mailing, I could probably bribe a UPS driver. In which case, maybe it would be closer to, like, 500 bucks, because I'd have to bribe the driver from Kalamazoo to the regional center, I'd have to bribe someone from the regional center to the distribution center out here, and then someone from here to get you to my place. So I think, I think between four and six hundred dollars can you think of a faster
0: way well no i was just looking up uh prohibited live animals on on the ups is all mammals yeah you can't ship a mammal they need food and water yep let's see fedex live animals (laughs) fedex is totally okay with it Uh, live animals here we go fedex does not accept live animal shipments okay fedex is out
1: i could ship you through delta but that's gonna be like way more expensive.
0: (laughs) How much do you weigh, Andy? Uh, 180.
1: Other warm-blooded animal, breed, homo sapien. It is not a restricted breed or a mix of restricted breeds. Restrictions and regulations, less than eight weeks. Next one dog for kennel. Uh, you are not listed as a restricted breed. Doesn't say anything about the word human. Uh, non-human primates, regardless of species, non-human, 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 non-human. Uh, nothing on the Delta page about restrictions says anything about humans. Delta cares about human remains. Oh, but you have to be alive. Yeah, I, I think I could do it through Delta. Uh, let's see, pet age, you're 32, right? Uh yes. we us spring for the extra large. Oh, you, there's even the giant kennel. To get you
0: I a- uh I just went through a couple of freight websites. Yeah, two business days I could get from Calmazoo to Madison. Uh, standard service would be a hundred and fifty-seven dollars.
1: Yeah, but we'd also have to spend some money on, like, packaging. Yes. Right? Because you want to be cut. You're going to be in there for 48 hours. That leads to some other issues. Yes, yes, it does. And if we were to accidentally ship you over the weekend, that leads to some serious issues.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, we would have to do this on a Monday morning (laughs) I do not want to be stuck in somebody's warehouse over the weekend. Cause like
1: they're they're gonna be rolling the box around. It's gonna be off center. Like we need to get you in there, but you need to be stable. You need to be cushioned. I still I need say to be
0: able to stretch out.
1: Yep. I still say bribing the UPS drivers is the best way. Wonder how much it would cost for an Uber from Kalamazoo to Madison. Yeah. Probably a
0: lot more than you want to pay. It's a taxi. Yeah. All right. Greyhound? I know Greyhound right. does shipping. Greyhound ships? Yeah, yeah but no, that's, that's, uh, that's me buying you a bus ticket. That's not the same thing. Yeah, Kate said she'd do it. She'd ship you with a Greyhound? No, no, she would drive me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just throw it up on Craigslist. Hey, somebody want to earn, you know, 150 bucks. Plus plus gas and and like probably 200 right because it's that's a long drive it's it's like eight hours round trip yeah 200 bucks drive me out to madison that would be the that would be the you know. that'd probably be the cheapest and safest way yes <laughs> craigslist the cheapest and safest way
1: <laughs> that's that's not an expression i thought i'd hear nope all right i think, so. I think that's it
0: <laughs> yep that's uh that's a wrap